Hello, and welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online service. Our theme for this year is Plus One, which encourages us to invite someone to join us in worship and fellowship. Our mission statement is simple. It's loving God, loving people, and loving life. We hope that this message will serve as a source of inspiration and encouragement for you. Each episode, we will explore different aspects of our faith, share stories of hope and healing, and discuss ways we can make a positive impact in our community and the world. So whether you're a longtime member of our church or just tuning in for the first time, we welcome you to join us on this journey. Let's make 2023 a year of growth, both for ourselves and for those around us. Thanks for listening. Here we go. What a wonderful place to start out the new year, and that is to be in the house of God. And I just believe that God's got some things for us to hear, uh, to give us some direction, to give us some inspiration for what lies ahead of us. And so uh, as we look ahead or just uh, begin to prepare for 2023, uh, or as I was preparing, I should say, I began to look back over this last year and started to reflect on some things. And you know, obviously, when you look back, there's always the woulda, coulda, shouldas, things that you can't change, things that you wish you could. But obviously, if it's in the past, it's in the past. There's nothing you can do about it. All you can do is look forward and make plans and preparations for what's ahead. But, you know, as I look back on this past year, for some reason, maybe it's just me. Maybe you're like me in, in how you reflect back on this last year. But it's almost like you can't reflect on one just one year. It's almost like as you look back, the last three years have been kind of like this big blur blob of something that has just kind of taken us on this journey. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, I don't know if you feel this way. Maybe it's because I'm a pastor and I look at things differently and it impacts things that we do differently. But like I said, as I'm reflecting back on this last year, it's almost like you got to look back on the last three years of what's been going on in our culture, the climate of everything that we're dealing with. And... and for the lack of a better word, the only thing that I can say or, or uh, uh, I guess, paint a picture, if you will, is the picture of a canoe trip. Has anybody been canoeing before? Anybody like canoeing? You know, you get in the, the boat, you, you launch off of the, the, the beach there, and then as you, you begin to, to take your journey, what you do is you end up going downstream. And if you're going downstream, you're hoping for a good current to take you further downstream. But when it comes to the things of God, God doesn't desire for us to just go with the flow and get caught up in the current and get sucked downstream. God's always wanting us to head upstream or come up higher. Wouldn't you agree? God's always wanting us to come up higher and purposing to pursue him at a different place year after year after year. But it feels like there is this current that is just taking us downstream. And we've done our best to navigate through the dangers and through all the clutter and all the uh, things that are going on. We've, we've kept it in the middle of the river. But again, here we are at the beginning of 2003. And it's just like, dear God, where are we at? Because it feels like we're downstream and God desires for us to be upstream. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like I said, maybe it's just me. But one of the things that stirs me up is the fact that the Bible says this, that God goes before us. He's with us. He's an ever-present 
help. So even though God desires for us to be upstream, or maybe God has desired for us to be here, but we find ourselves here, and maybe it's downstream where we find ourselves today. But how many of you understand that it doesn't matter if God wanted us to be there, if God's going with us and goes before us, that means if we find ourselves here today, that means that God was there yesterday meeting us and waiting for us to get here. Amen? So that means that in 2023, there may be some challenges, there may be some obstacles, and it may feel like it's the first time you ever encountered it. But if God goes before us and if God is with us, that means that God has already dealt with that in the time past in his present so that when we got there, we've already got the victory. Amen. Amen. So listen, there's nothing that is going to catch God off, off guard or by surprise in 2023. So therefore, if it catches you off guard, just say, hey, wait a minute. God's got this. God's got it handled. Amen. And so therefore, once again, God's endeavoring and desiring for us to come up higher, to come to a place of meeting him. How many of you want to go higher this year? Amen. Well, here I want to share a scripture with you over in Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 15. It says this. It says, so then, or see then, that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise redeeming the time everybody say redeeming the time come on that that's that's something that just stirs in my spirit it says not being as fools but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil therefore do not be unwise but understanding what the will of the lord is so notice what it says here it says there is a wise man that knows what time it is there are people that are wise that know what time it is. And if you'll just search on the inside, you'll sense that there's something going on in God's timing. That God's wanting to do some things. That says a wise man knows what time it is. And not only that, a wise man redeems the time because he knows that the days that we're living in are evil. How many of you would relate and say as we look around, there are things that are getting worse and worse. Things are getting darker and darker. And evil seems to be prevailing all around us. Would you agree? And the Bible says that in these evil days, a wise man knows how to redeem the time. Now, as I ask the question in regards to the last three years, does it feel like we've just been on this journey, drifting downstream, getting caught up in the current of the affairs of life? Yet, if we can identify that, the Bible says that there is a way of escape and that we can redeem the time. And then not only that, it says this. It says that by redeeming the time, a wise man knows and understands the will of God. Amen. So that tells me that I can know the will of God for right now, right here. And in knowing the will of God, I can redeem the time that the evil days have stolen from us. How many of you ever feel like you've gotten behind? Well, if you can get behind, then you get caught up. Amen. If you can get caught up, you can get out of the head. Praise the Lord. And so I'm just endeavoring that this year, we're not just purposing just to get caught up. We're going to get out ahead. And we're going to pursue the plan of God and the will of God. And therefore, we're going to redeem everything that the enemy is trying to steal from us. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, the Bible says this in regards to Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. And the Bible says that the enemy has, or, or excuse me, that, the, that Jesus, through the death, burial, and the resurrection, that he conquered over everything that the enemy ever did towards us to steal or to rob what God intended for us. 
And so we've got a fresh slate. And therefore God redeemed us back to the place of the original design. Having authority. Being blessed. Being fruitful and multiplying. And so that means that the devil has nothing or has ownership of nothing in this world. In the life of a believer. Unless we let him steal it from us. I said he has no power or authority over any of our lives unless we allow the enemy to steal it from us. But the Bible says if you'll catch the thief, he's got to restore back to you sevenfold. Amen. So there's some payback coming. Praise God. I said there's some payback coming for the last three years. There's some payback that's coming for everything that he ever tried to do to our lives, try to do to our church, to our community. There's payback that's coming. God's restoring and we're redeeming the time because of the time and the days in which we're living. Amen? It's our season and it's our time. And it says that wise men know how to redeem the time. But now, not only that, I thought this was interesting. I was going over my notes this morning. And I continued reading. Let me just read those verses once again to you in Ephesians chapter 5. It says this, starting in verse 15. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, let's continue to read there in verse 18. It says, And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now I thought that's interesting that God tacked that on to us redeeming the time. Because that means that there's something that we can do. Now for instance last night was New Year's Eve and there's a lot of individuals that said, it's New Year's Eve. We couldn't wait till the end of the week because, man, I'm telling you what, we're going to have a time. It's party time. Amen. They just couldn't wait because, you know what? I'm going to get drunk. I'm going to have some fun. It's going to be great. Now, let me ask you the question. Do you think that anybody that indulged last night had to work at it? No. Nobody has to work at getting drunk, right? They didn't say, well, you know, here goes down another one. It's smooth, baby. <laughs> and the more you, more you put them down, the smoother they get. You understand what I'm saying? And then, have you ever noticed that people are real self-conscious, but you get a couple drinks in you, all of a sudden, you lose all your insecurities. And if you've ever seen it, I've, now, I've never been to a karaoke bar you know, but you know, there are those people that can't, can't carry a tune in the basket. But you know, you get a couple drinks in them. I mean, put a microphone in their hand and they're singing up a storm. You know what I mean? Why? Because they lose all self-control. Or in other words, it's like, I just don't care. But let me ask you the question. Did it take any work to get to that place where you're saying, I just don't care. I'm just going to sing and have some fun. No. Now notice that the Bible says this. It says the days are evil. It's time to redeem the time. It's time to get back to a place where God wants you to be or desires for you to be. And he says, now don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So in other words, God says there's an intoxication that you can experience in me. There's a counterfeit 
And again, it will make you feel good for a season, for a moment. But he says, rather than doing that, there is an intoxication that you can experience in the Spirit of God. And he says, now, get full. And when you get full, you'll lose all self-concern and self-awareness. And you'll just begin to sing. Make a melody in your heart. And man, when you get all full of the Spirit of God and you get all happy and then you just get around people and man, you couldn't stand them before, but you're just like, man, I just thank God for you. You're just so awesome. Oh, why? Because all of a sudden, I'm under the influence. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I can think back to the days. Now, again, these were a long time ago, kids. A long time ago. But I can remember there were some, some guys that I hung out with, you know. And there were some of those guys that I didn't necessarily care for. In fact, I'd just soon punch them in the mouth. But, you know, I found that once I got under the influence, they weren't half bad. <laughs> you know, we're best buddies. <laughs> well, you know, are you here this morning? So that means that there is a feeling that God desires for us to experience in this hour. And in order for us to go up higher, not being overwhelmed by the circumstances of life, getting caught up in the currents of what's taking place in modern day culture, God says, get filled. Get filled. And you'll not be overcome or overwhelmed. In fact, you'll just get happy. You'll find that you just start singing songs. You just begin to praise God. And you'll begin to thank God for all the things that he's done for you. In other words, things look better. Things look brighter. Amen. Things are going to be amazing in 2023. Now, I believe that in 2023, there are going to be some difficult times ahead. But for us, the church, we can redeem the time. I believe that we, the church, can experience life and life more abundantly, even in the midst of natural disasters. Why? Because we're full. We're under the influence. <laughs> the news comes on and it says that the economy's crashing, and you're like, <laughs> it don't affect me. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Well, there's another pandemic. There was the swine flu. Now there's the cattle flu. <laughs> the cattle flu is 10 times worse. It'll kill you just if you look at a cow. <laughs> I know it's silly. My point is this. It don't matter what's coming down the river. It don't matter what's trying to sweep me up and take me downstream. I can be full of the things of God, full of the spirit of God, have a song in my mouth, have joy in my heart, being thankful what's ahead of me because none of these things move me. Because I'm redeeming the time. Amen. What's God doing? God is calling us up to a higher place to redeem the time in which we're living. Come on, somebody say with me, I'm redeeming the time. In Isaiah chapter 55, starting in verse 7. Again, as we begin to look at redeeming the time, how, do, how can we begin to do that? Look at what it says in Isaiah 55, verse 7, or beginning in verse 7. It says, let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. Notice those words. It says, let him return to the Lord. Do you know that you can be a Christian and kind of deviate from God? In other words, you know, back in the old days, we called it backslide. You know, you can deviate from God for seasons, for times, for long periods of times. 
But the Bible says, return back to the Lord. So as we stir ourselves up, if we get filled up with God, we'll purpose to redirect ourselves. If we find ourselves today being downstream, it's time to get filled and get upstream. Amen? All right, so it goes on to say here, it says, Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly, everybody say abundantly. Come on, how many of you understand that God's a God of abundance? So when he abundantly pardons you, that means he does it in grand style. He does it good. He doesn't just leave a residue of your past just to remind you, hey, listen, you were a creep. You did bad things. You did this and did No, God abundantly pardons it. So therefore, there's no guilt, no shame, no heaviness of the past. That's keeping you bound to what last year or the year before looks like. No, that means there's a brand new start because God abundantly pardons us and gives us a brand new day. Verse 8 says, for my thoughts. Notice this. He says, my thoughts, because I abundantly pardon you, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Amen. So in other words, God says it's time to come up higher. How do we come up higher? You might feel like you are downstream. And as I said, there are this, some things when I look around, I'm like, God, I do feel like I'm downstream. I feel like I've let things catch me up and pull me and suck me down in the current of life. And it feels like I need to be there, but I'm here. But did you notice the Bible says that if I'll turn back to the Lord, that the Bible says that he will pardon me? Or in other words, it's a place of repentance or a place of turning around. So all you have to do to get where God wants you to be is make the choice, God, I'm turning. I'm making a choice to turn back to you. And the moment you take the turn, the moment you make the choice, God steps in and pardons you and says, come on, baby, let's do it. Let's get back on the right course. Never did he say, okay, you got to jump through the hoops. Never did he say, well, do X, Y, and Z. Do enough of these Hail Marys or whatever else you got to do. He said, just turn. If you'll turn back to me, he said, I'll pardon you. And he says, and I'll bring you up higher. Amen. So in 2023, we're getting full. GVC, listen. You may not have known it yet. You may have thought, I didn't know what I came in to, 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 to get this morning. And I just come to show up because it's the first time. No, listen. I want you to know, GVC, we're getting full this year. Amen. Not only are we getting full, we're coming up higher. Amen. We're coming up higher this year. You're coming up higher this year. I'm coming up higher this year. How are we coming? He says, my thoughts and my ways are higher. Amen. So listen, our thoughts are coming up higher. Our talk is coming up higher. Our walk is coming up higher. Amen. Now, once again, have you noticed over these last three years how your conversations have changed? Your conversations have been kind of dictated by all the stuff and the culture and the currents that have been trying to pull us here and there. And you find yourself starting to say what everybody else is saying. No, it's time that our conversations, our talks coming up higher. And it's going to affect our walk. We're coming up and walking up in a higher place with God. Because God is redeeming the time. Amen. So 2023, not only are we coming up higher, 2023, we're going to purpose to live a life more abundantly. Remember, he says he abundantly pardons. 
He abundantly pardons. Well, if he abundantly pardons or forgives, that means he abundantly loves and blesses. This is going to be an amazing year. Amen. I've already made the choice. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So it's going to be a good year. Amen. I said it's going to be a good year. Amen. Now you might say, well, you know what? That sounds good. And we've been here before. How many of you ever felt like you've been here before? How many of you have ever made New Year's resolutions before? And it lasted to maybe the second day. <laughs> Amen. And so we might be standing here today saying that all sounds good, but as much as I would like to, I just lack the motivation. Have you ever felt like you lack the motivation to make some changes in your life? Even though you want to, but it's like I just lack the motivation. Why is it that we lack motivation? The reason that we lack motivation is because we lack vision for what we value. I said the reason that we have no motivation is because we have no vision or no value on the things of life. Why does our marriage not get better? Because we don't value it. Therefore, we don't, we're not motivated to make change. Amen? I want to get out of debt, but I lack motivation. Why do you lack motivation to get out of debt? Because you don't see the value of what it would be or the empowerment of getting out of debt. If you'll value something enough, it will motivate you. Let me say that again. If, you're, if you value something enough, it will motivate you to make a change. But there's an enemy to change. There's an enemy to the success of change. And once again, the current of life has sucked us down the river and we bought it lock, stock, and barrel. What is the enemy to our vision? What is the enemy to, our, to, to the change in our life? Number one, it's comfort zone. Number one, it's our comfort zone. Being comfortable is simply doing something that... How do I want to say that? A comfort zone is being comfortable to the place that we don't have motivation to change. So there's tremendous resistance to change because I'm comfortable. 80% of the population will not or resist the effort to change because they don't value the outcome or the benefit. So in other words, 80% of us in here Say, you know what? I want to get healthy in 2023. I want to work out. I want to lose some weight. But because of our comfort zone, 80% of us will just stay fat. <laughs> I'm not. I'm losing it this year. <laughs> that was not very encouraging, man. <laughs> Again, 80% of the populations find reasons not to change even if the Change is positive or benefit. Once again, what else robs my motivation? Number two, it's learned helplessness. What does that mean? This is where people find or feel like I can't do something. Have you ever wanted or desired for things to change, but you just feel like I can't? You want your marriage to look different, but you say it can't change. I want my relationship with God to look different, be different, but I can't. Once again, we've bought into the lie of thinking or learned helplessness of saying, 
I can't do something. Number three, that the enemy to my success that robs my motivation. Number three is the path of least resistance. What is the path of least resistance? It's always somebody looking for an easy way out. Have you ever noticed that people don't like to be uncomfortable? Well, I would like to change, but it makes me feel uncomfortable. Well, I like to go to church, but you know what? I got to get up early. Well, I like to do this, but I got to change that, right? Once again, we don't change because once again, we find that there is resistance to the change. And that's nothing more than a trick of the enemy. When it comes to your motivation, whatever you value will be what motivates you. To do or to make change. Now let me ask you a question. How many of you would say that I go to work and I don't mind my job, but I don't necessarily like having to go to work day after day? Does anybody in here say, you know what, I just love my job and I can't wait to go there tomorrow? Raise your hand if that's you in this place. I'd raise my hand. I I love what I do. I'm lucky, I guess. My point is this. I don't know that there's a single person that goes and punches a time clock, works a nine to five, that says, oh, I just can't wait to go back to work. No, we go to work because we value what it provides for us, do we not? In fact, I did some math. I did some math. There's roughly 365 days out of the year, right? Let's just say your job gives you three weeks of vacation, one week of personal time. So again, if you was to work five days a week for all those weeks, that's 260 days out of the year if you didn't get a day off during the week. But with your three weeks vacation, your one week of personal time, that's reduced down to 240 days out of the year. So people that are working full time, not to mention overtime, But working a full-time job, work 240 days out of the year. And why do you do it day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year? It's because you value what it is that it produces. And what does it do? It takes care of your family. Does it not? So once again, we do what we do because we value what it provides for us. Now, I've got a few kids up here. Over here. Hey, young man. Do you love going to school? No. I knew that he would say no. I don't know. There's maybe the the rare exception of some kids that enjoy going to school. But if I was to ask my kids. Now, my kids are homeschooled. And so they've got it it made in the shade. But nevertheless, if I was to ask my kids, do you want to go to school tomorrow after being off for the last week and a half? I guarantee you, not one of my children would say, oh, yes, I can't wait to go to school. But why do I make them go to school? Why do you make your kids go to school? It's because you place a value on the education. There's a foundation for life of what, again, it's it's required. And therefore, you press through or you enforce their education, right? So in other words, every single one of us are doing things in our lives, even things that we don't like to do, but it's because we value what we get out of it, and therefore it motivates us to do it. My question for us is, is 
How come we value our jobs, our kids' education, more than we value our relationship with God? This year we're coming up higher. We're pressing in. We're getting full. Amen? And so things are turning. Our value systems are changing. We're going after God this year. Amen? Now, with that being said, again, for the sake of time, because we're going to take communion this morning. How do I help my value systems change? There's a particular woman in our church. She's not here this morning. But if I was to call her up and ask her the question, say, when are your kids playing their games? Uh, when are your doctor's appointments? Excuse me. Uh, when are these activities and those activities? You know what she would do? Because I've been around her and because I know her, she would get her purse and she would pull out her little calendar. And she'd say, well, the kids have this and the kids have that. And I have a doctor's appointment here because she's disciplined in putting it down. Or in other words, she makes the vision clear. So therefore, there is a priority system that she makes available to let her know what life looks like. So the Bible says over in Habakkuk, it says, write the vision, make it clear, so that they that read it can understand it and run with it. So listen, you may not have all the whys and the how-tos of what this year looks like, but I challenge you, put it on your calendar, put it at the beginning of your work week, put it on the refrigerator, write it on the mirror in your bathroom, and say, I'm coming up higher this year. This is going to be a blessed year, a good year. I'm pursuing God, and I'm going upstream. I'm getting God's best. Amen. You may say, I don't know how I'm going to get there. Listen, all you have to do is make the turn, and God redeems the time. Amen? What do you want this year? Write it down. Now, everything that we do, as I said, has a value system. You're closer to God than you think you are. And it's just a matter of making subtle changes and bringing things to your awareness. As a husband and wife and a mom and a dad, you go to work every day. You're disciplined. Why? Well, it's not just because you're making money. It's because you're taking care of your family. Right? Why do you make your kids go to school? Is it because you're trying to punish them? No. You love your kids. So you're doing it for them. Right? So in other words, your motive is for others. That's really what motivates your heart to do something significant. Is for others. That's the heart of God. I want to encourage and challenge you this year. Find your plus one. In other words, as you'll say, God, I'm making a turn this year. Help me have a heart for others. And as you begin to have a heart for others, you'll begin to see your life take a turn. Because as you'll pursue the heart of God, your heart will instinctively begin to look towards other people. You'll see them differently. Amen. You know, last night, just to kind of give you an example... And not to put my kids on the spot. But I have kids that are just like your kids. 
And so they're not perfect. And they get on each other's nerves. And so last night, about 10 o'clock, we got together at the table. And we're going to have communion as a family at the end of the night. We're just going to celebrate the year and we're going to have communion. Well, just five minutes before that, my children are bickering back and forth. And they're getting on my last nerve. And so my heart is just like, you know what? I'm just about ready to give you what for here. But you know what? We're going to purpose just to focus on God. And so as we're sitting there, my children are like this. At, or one of my children is like this at the table. Are we about done yet? How long is this going to take? And I'm like, boy, let me tell you. But here they are sitting at the table. But as we purposed to not focus on the negative, but look towards God, and we started to say, listen, let's begin to thank God for last year. Let's begin to thank God for what this new year brings. And I began to ask them, I said, share with me what you're believing God for. Share with me what you're thankful for for last year. The folded arms and the bristly attitude began to melt and the attitudes changed and by the time we got done with communion the whole atmosphere changed why because we put our focus on God and as we put our focus on God our attitudes towards one another began to change and therefore it wasn't what you did and well you poked me and you hit me and you said and stop it no it was like I'm looking forward to this year and we celebrated as a family and we're anticipating good things. Amen? So what are we going to do as a church this year? We're going to get full. We're going to come up higher. We're going to turn towards God. And we're going to find those people that God has assigned us. When you wake up and go to work tomorrow, God, who's my one? Who's the person that you're going to assign me today? Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's the person at the drugstore. Let's purpose to begin to pursue God and go back upstream. Amen? Now, I want us to conclude this service and just set the stage right for 2023 by celebrating as a church family partaking of communion. So if you will, why don't you just stand with me? The communion always represents... God's covenant promise to us. As I've said to you, for you to get where God needs you to be or desires for you to be is not through your efforts, not through your work. It's just a matter of saying, God, I'm turning towards you. When it comes to getting full, you might think, oh, I got to do so much to get full. Oh, it's hard to serve God. No, just pull up, take a drink. And you'll begin to sing songs and be thankful. It's not hard because it's God's promise to us. He never made it hard to pursue Him. Now, obviously, I'm simplifying things. There's things that we grow and mature in. But God is always ready to meet us and take us up higher. If you recall, Jesus has the elements. We know it as the Last Supper. And he says, 
this bread represents my body that was broken for you. And he says, we're going to partake together because it's my covenant. It's my promise to you. So if you will, just pull your top layer off. Do that first so you, if you haven't already, so it is exposed. One of the greatest things that we struggle with is our flesh. And it's our flesh that says it's hard to serve God. But Jesus says, I allowed my flesh to be broken. I allowed my flesh to take the punishment for the hardship. All you have to do is say, God, I want to receive. So as we break and partake together, remember it's God's promise to you that pursuing Him is not in the arm and the strength of your flesh. It's just saying, God, I'm ready to come up higher. Let's break and partake together. Thank you, Father. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person that's in this room, every single member of GVC, and those that are watching online. I thank you that this year, 2023, is going to be the best year of our lives to date. I thank you, Father, that we have a covenant with you, that our flesh is not in the driver's seat. We thank you, Father, that our flesh has victory because you allowed your flesh to experience defeat. And so, Father, I thank you that this year moving forward, we've got the fortitude, we've got the motivation, we've got the desire, and we got the want to because of the greater one on the inside of us. I thank you, Father, that we're coming up higher and experiencing more in 2023, for it's a year of abundantly. In Jesus' name, and we all said, Amen. He also said, This is the cup that represents my blood. He said, this blood seals the deal. He said, it fortifies everything. He said, in fact, it erases sin consciousness. And so when you're tempted in this next week to start to feel the guilt and the shame, well, I did it again. I messed up. God, I didn't even make it a week. Remember, the blood of Jesus erases all the guilt and the shame. And because of the blood, we can simply say, God, forgive me. And I'm in right standing with God, fresh and new, brand new start as though it never happened. And I don't have to be overwhelmed and overcome by thoughts and depression and shame. No, I can have confidence because of the blood. Amen. And Jesus said, this is the blood of the new covenant. This is my promise. So let's... Lift our lid if you haven't already. Be careful that it don't spill on you. Let's partake together. Remind ourselves of the goodness of God. And once again, we're going to pray over 2023. Let's partake together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you shed your blood. And the blood has never lost its power. We thank you for the blood that it sits on the mercy seat before your throne and it ever makes intercession for us. And so thank you, Father, for the blood. We plead the blood of Jesus over our church, our families, our marriage, our community. We thank you that there is a bloodline that says we have the promises of God. And it shall come to pass and it will come to pass at last. 
2023, Lord, that stirs in my heart that 2023 is a year of abundantly. And I'm expecting great things. We're coming up higher, being filled with the Spirit. God, and we're purposing to receive our harvest in Jesus' name. And the blood of Jesus ensures that to come to pass. And we give you all the thanks and praise in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Well, praise God. I trust that God's going to do some amazing things in you, for you, and through you. And the best is yet to come. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, I know it's the beginning of the new year, so enjoy this day. Remember, this coming Wednesday, we have church prayer. So, no, actually, it's first Wednesday. I don't know if we announced that already. First Wednesday. So, what, what, what? You reminded me. You did. First Wednesday. So come on. Let's worship God. Let's start it out right. Amen? All right. God bless you. We'll let you go, and we'll see you next time. And with that, we come to the end of this episode. We hope that you have found inspiration and encouragement in our discussion today, and we invite you to join us again next week. Let's make 2023 a year of growth and love by sharing the message of our church with others. We encourage you to take the plus one challenge this week and invite someone to join you at our next worship service. You can get more information about our church and say hi to us anytime from our website or social media, all online at gvchurch.tv. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.